the criminal code of the underworld and a sacred vow of silence. But what happens when a criminal turns witness against his own? MCD presents Omerta, a live show with me, Nicola Talent, in association with Crime World on April 27th in the Olympia Theatre Dublin. Tickets on sale now at ticketmaster.ie. Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs, and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Jonathan Dowdall watched videos today of his arrest from 2016 on firearms offences, as he told officers that Jerry Hutch never told him anything about the Regency Hotel. He was also played tapes where he says that Hutch is private and not a friend of his, and where he comments that the monk wouldn't be stupid enough to tell him even if he was involved. Today, myself and Niall Donald discuss day four of the gruelling cross-examination of the witness. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. on a winter's evening. It is. It's really, it's really nice, yeah. yeah. It's really glamorous as well, isn't it? Sitting in the car, covered in ice. Yeah, it's, 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 we're not in any posh studio. We're in Nicola's modest car. Would that be fair to say? It would. Only because it's just, you know, it's a bit of a rush to try and get back into studio and all that. We're trying to get these podcasts up sort of while things are still relevant because it's moving so fast. But we will be done with it now by next week when Dowdall ended today, Grahan said he might have him in there until Tuesday. Uh, just as Tara Byrne said, she ain't sitting past Wednesday, whoopie-doo, Christmas yeah. holly bops. And uh, she'll sit earlier is the only thing she said next week if we needs be. So a short time for us, but I'm sure it's going to be a long time for Jonathan Dowdle, another three days on the witness stand. But you got a personal name check today, did you, for the first time? Probably never a... Totally comfortable moment in a court to be name-checked. No, because you don't know what's going to be said and you also don't know what you've, you know, it takes you a minute to work out what you've done and that it's okay. Yeah. That's not to say I do bad things. It's just, I was going, oh, what was that? And... But it wasn't, it was so, it was in reference to, to calling to Jonathan Dowdle's house. Do you remember exactly when it was certainly probably March, was it, of 2016? A couple of weeks after? I'm trying to remember. It was before the raid on his house, okay? Yeah. And it was definitely after this Twitter site. And this is what was being referred to today. Because, of course, we were watching uh, him under arrest in the May of 2016. His house had been raided in the March and he was due to go on holidays. He'd been given a gym for him. He was up the walls. Um, We'll talk about that later, but... During this arrest, he talks about the Twitter site and he talks about Nicola Town calling to his house. Yeah, so the background of the Twitter site is that sometime in, in March, in the aftermath of the Regency, there was... was thing- late February? I, I thought it was, a, I think it was slightly after that, but it was... it was Quick just, though. Yeah, pretty quick. And 
So we've talked before about these the propaganda disputes going on on between the Hutches and the Kinnahans on on Twitter. But the first of them was, I think, the most professionally produced. Um, it was a, a a Twitter page run by a guy calling himself Sir Sean, and he was producing a properly formatted uh, news sort of print, basically, um, and he was writing about the feud with a real insider, certainly, a, obviously, a, a pro Kinahan perspective, but certainly not, it wasn't just random gossip from the streets. And on that site, on that Twitter site, Jonathan Dowdle featured for the first time. It started off, from memory, a little bit um, taunting. There was messages put up. I think it moved on to the production of those more, more high-quality news letters as such, all to do with the, the Kinahan Hutch feud, the origins of it, from a perspective of an anonymous. We didn't know who this yeah. Sir Sean was. But from memory, and the reason I was alerted to it, first of all, was this anonymous Twitter account was kind of goading journalists and goading people and saying, you know, hinting at things. I think it was trying to, somebody had told me about it because there was something on it about who's Nicola Tan's deep throat or something like this. It was one of the first messages and I had actually been tagged. Yeah, exactly. And I think the guy was uh, claiming to be a security consultant, which is, which is if anybody claims to be a security consultant on Twitter, you have to automatically be a, a bit wary of them. So I was claiming to be a kind of a neutral site, but it was obviously taking a certain slant. But Jonathan Dowdle's name, I think, was a, a surprise when it started appearing in, in on those on that Twitter page. Most definitely. Um, and I must go back because I kept some of the screenshots from it, but uh, I think it started with sort of naming members of the Hutch gang that said, was said to be responsible for the Regency. Um, and, you know, there was the obvious people were on it. Yeah. And people who've been named in this trial, Patrick Hutch, Mago Gately, Patsy Hutch, etc. They were all there. And their roles were kind of, you know, what they were supposed to have done as part of the Regency team was up there. But all of a sudden, yeah, around the... And I'm sure I have notes somewhere about it, but it was probably around the March, maybe later, mid-March, Jonathan Dowdall popped up. And at that point, another person, individual who'd been targeted on it or named on it had been killed, Noel Duggan. Yeah. So that will date it because maybe that was after Noel Duggan died, which was the Easter time that year. Yeah, so I mean, Jonathan Dowdall obviously at this point had been up up and down to the north, probably with Jerry Hutch. And, you know, know, we all know what that what that trip entailed at this stage but he wasn't being out there publicly um, it, that, that information was not floating around on the streets uh, just like the names Michael Gately and people like that were being named rightly or wrongly but Jonathan Dowdle certainly wasn't um, and so that's the context isn't it when you called in? Yeah I think I called in I think there'd been some complaints made about the site because it was like as if it was inciting to hatred it was a very volatile time in Dublin there was obviously a lot of people getting guard information messages that their lives were under threat you literally people were afraid to be associated with the Hutches because anyone was 
See, it appeared anyway, the, the way it seemed as if everything was out of control and anybody was fair game. And I called to his house, I think, well, looking for a comment from him ultimately to see what he had to say about being on this site. He was a former Sinn Féin councillor. I think they had put something up about that he'd been paid 250000 and he was the organiser of the Regency. And in actual fact, that's what he said during his arrest in May of 2016. So I called to the door and I told you about this before and maybe just the context of it was slightly out. So I'll just tell you again quickly. But I called out to the door with a photographer. We had the Jeep and he kept the Jeep running. And I literally, I think I must have, there was gates in the house and maybe I pressed a button outside. But somebody, a female came out to me and I explained to this female, look, there's this Twitter site. I just wanted to get a comment from Jonathan about has he seen it? You know, does it put him in fear for his life, et cetera, et cetera. And handed over my card. And as I was kind of doing that, and she was very pleasant, actually, to be honest with you. And as she walked back into the house, I turned around and these motorbikes, what it was probably four, seemed like could have been six motorbikes, came speeding up the Navin Road towards me, like full tilt. And I sort of stood there and froze. And they pulled up outside the house and they surrounded me, like, and nobody lifted a visor. They were definitely what I now, like I knew they were the Hutch crew. I mean, there's no doubt, but they were the the Hutch crew because they always used motorbikes and particularly at that time they were using them. So I kind of walked away back over to the Jeep. Nobody took a visor off. They drove in. There was an electric gates, I think, or... Yeah, on, seen, on his yeah, on his garage, is that right? Yeah, we saw it. And it lifted yeah. and the, the motorbikes just drove in. Yeah, I mean, that that was it. I mean, he was being contacted for comment. There wasn't even any particular plan to run any article at that point. It was merely to see if he wanted to, to talk. And obviously, ultimately, he did talk to Joe. Maybe Joe appeared nicer, but, you know. Yeah, so he would have been raided then. Oh, sorry, he was raided in the March. So it must have been before... Noel Duggan had died and then that I called to him. It was probably before that. And by the time he's in the Garda station in the May, he's referring to that, that Noel Duggan had been named on this Twitter site and he had been he had been killed. But uh, yeah, so he's raided. And then, of course, he goes on Joe Duffy and tells yeah. him that he's totally innocent. And Yeah, exactly. Um, he, he, you know, he, he, but you didn't seem, he did seem to have a bit of regret about it, ultimately. So the main part of today after that was, yeah, and he, he does say that in the witness box, was that basically they, uh, Brendan Graham was bringing him through that original arrest and interview when he was taken in in May of 2016. And that was to do with... Well, that was investigating the Regency, uh, wasn't it? Well, I mean, we've heard that warrant was to was do... It was the with, membership of the IRA and the firearms. Yeah, so it was, it was the warrant was got as, you know, investigating uh, firearms, potential firearms, potential IRA membership, um, which he wasn't obviously ultimately charged with. Um, but he obviously was uh, interviewed at that point and we saw the, the tapes today. Yeah. And, like, again... He waffles away, doesn't he? Oh, God, he never stops. I mean, he never stops, but he waffles away in the box when it suits him what he wants to say. Yeah. And funny enough, so that arrest was in the May. The raid had happened in the March, but they arrested him at Dublin Airport. He was on his way to Dubai. Yeah, I think he was stopped actually about to get on the plane and, and, and brought back, you know. And he's dressed in a kind of a blue football jersey and whatever. But he's in this, the, the Garda station and it takes them a while. We've only seen clips. Yeah. It takes them a while, obviously, before they hit him with the fact that they have the tapes and, you yeah. know, that he's, they know. So they're sort of gently 
seeing what he's going to tell them and asking him what he knows of the the, the hutches and uh, what know, he knows of the Regency. He's asked for his thoughts on Jerry Hutch. Does he know him well? He's asked, you know, all sorts of stuff about Patsy. Um, and, you know, had, you know, did he know about the Regency? So, like, it's very, uh, like, a lot of people in that position, I think, do no comment or very much a variation of it. But he seems to just offer opinions randomly. Was he convincing? Does he sound convincing in those guard interviews at the time? Well, you see, he has the same narrative that he has now about certain things, yeah. but obviously a completely different one about others. Yeah. And the certain things that he's the same narrative are the inconsequential stuff. Yeah. That he's friends with Patsy, he's not so friendly with Jerry. Yeah. Um, he knew Patrick Jr., he didn't really know Gary, he didn't really know yeah. um, Del Boy. Uh, you know, if he if he's a little bit to go on with that, he goes into this long, rambling, boring diatribe about, oh, this time and my granny and my mother and this, that, and the yeah. other. Because it's like as if he's filling the space with that, yeah. but not actually getting down to the nitty gritty of what he's been asked. But there's the core bits that he says in this guard interview, is he under caution then? He is, I presume, isn't Yeah, he? well, I mean, he's got a solicitor beside him. Yeah. There's two guards questioning him. So, I mean, at that point you're not meant to tell lies to the guardie. Uh, that's just the way it is. It's not, It's not. you know, that is the, the fact. So what he says directly contradicts the statements that he would subsequently make um, earlier this year. For example, you know, obviously now the, one of the really core bits of the case is that, he, that Jerry Hutch told him he was involved in the Regency, directly involved in the shooting in the Regency. At, during this guard interview, he says... Jerry Hutch never spoke to him about the Regency. I'm not sure he'd be mad to speak to me about the Regency. And I don't know, paraphrasing him, why would he talk to me about it? Mm-hmm. He actually at one point said, he wouldn't be stupid enough to tell me even if he was involved. <laughs> Which is obviously uh, ironic uh, because he's saying, well, he was, he was stupid enough and emotional enough Um he says basically that Jess Patsy is his pal and they ask him how they called to the house. He says Patsy would call in for tea how many times between... Largely they're asking him about the dates between February 5th, which was the day of the Regency, and February the 9th, which was the day of the raid on his house. But of course on... Sorry, March the 9th, which was a co- the, the day of the raid on his house. But of course, of course on March 7th, he had travelled to the north with Jerry Hutch and those 10 hours of... Bugged conversations have been taken. A lot of it about the Regency and broadly about the Regency. And of course, he's claimed that it was the Sunday, sorry, the Monday of the 8th of February that he met him in the... So that dates they're asking him about include those two key pieces of of evidence that he's putting before the court. So he sort of says, well, Patsy calls in a bit and has tea and talks about things, but he doesn't really talk about, and he certainly doesn't say he admits any role in the Regency, Patsy, but he talks about the kind of mess his family is in. Yeah, I mean, it's like, again, it's, it's, you know, it's like when you hear him talk, Jonathan Dowdle, so I wasn't there this afternoon, but you can see people's Twitter feeds and people are uh, tweeting and, you know, it sounds a certain, it feels a certain way when you just read it. When you see him in the box, he's very animated, he's very combative, he's very um, definitive, do you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, everything he says, he's passionately behind and it sounds different, I think, than when you just, if you're not there and you just read it, there's a totally different feel to it. And, you know, no matter what he says, 
sometimes when you look back, you think that just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But when he delivers it, he delivers it with with gusto. Um, so did he sound believable in those Clarida interviews, I suppose? Yeah, he does. I actually have a note there on my iPad, very similar to current demeanour, feels in control yeah. and believable. Yeah. I mean, I do think he is quite believable. And funny enough, as we came out there, we were talking to somebody. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I mean, look, he is, he comes across that he's under huge pressure. You know, he's having huge difficulties mentally, mental health wise with what he's going through. Yeah. And he repeatedly tells the court when he can that you know his life isn't worth living his life is destroyed uh, you know he's just going to be killed he doesn't care if he is he just wants to tell the truth all this but there's people there who are completely yeah. believing that because I think it's the emotional thing that people give off you know mm. like he you know I'm just quoting a bit here um, you know about that interview and Dowdle says in some aspects I'm not telling the truth but I'm not telling lies and that kind of sums it up he, you know, when he's, when he's, you know, he's obviously said Jerry Hutch hasn't talked to me, and later he's saying he has. But in his mind, it's not really a lie. It's just, you know, a position that he was in, and he couldn't but do it, and anybody would do it. But as Graham said to him from the very offset, he does have a peculiar relationship with the truth because they're actually funny enough from having been in court, and when he said that. I just sort of went. I actually lifted my head and went, "What? I'm not telling." lies but I'm not telling the truth what does that actually mean and he was being asked like about something that he was clearly lying about but he actually wouldn't even admit that he was lying about so each point Grehan is scoring against him is really hard won he needs the energy to keep going back to him and go back to him until eventually he breaks him down and he admits that's not that's true. not true or I'm lying yes I'm lying or whatever and when he does that he turns into this sort of little boy yeah. petulant little boy and he answers in these monosyllabic yeah. you know Which, like you know when you have kids of a certain age you know that's maybe how they they don't feel they're telling the, a lie do you know what I mean are you suggesting that we uh, just look at the arrested development of Jonathan Dowdle. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not. I'm not suggesting it, but that, like, you know, that that's a kind of a thing where it's actually, I think, a psychological stage that kids go through where they don't, they can't understand that you don't believe them when you tell them something. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that. And he's under pressure, and you know, obviously, he gives an explanation that he can't tell the full truth because his life wouldn't be worth living, which is, you know, probably true to some extent. But that does mean that he has not told the truth. And he can't really marry those two things because he he doesn't seem to want to. He wants that excuse to be uh, to justify not telling the truth. But he's not telling the truth, and I mean that's that's. Now know. he's still claiming today that back in May, twenty sixteen, he didn't know that he'd been implicated in the Regency Hotel. Yeah. So think about that. Yeah. And tell me what you think about that. Well, I mean, it's just it's it's again. It sounds very selective, you know. Um, He's claiming that he never put two and two together. He knew that they'd been asked to uh, to book this Regency hotel room. He's now claiming that Jerry Hutch admitted to him a couple of days later that they, the Hutches, and he had shot David Byrne and the Hutches had done it. He knows that he's in trouble with Patsy. He's going up and down to the north to try and return the AK-47s or yeah, arrange that. Yeah, yeah but he'd certainly to be a part of that general discussion and he's obviously discussing... He's meeting with these these terrorists. Like I mean, that's what. But they today are. he's saying that in May 2016 he'd no idea that he'd been implicated into the Regency Hotel. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
it's a it's a funny one because like as we actually said yesterday and it came came up the court, um like Jonathan Dowdle is is currently in prison, serving a prison sentence for facilitating the murder in the Regency Hotel. I mean that's what he's he's pled guilty. He's gone before the court. They've had a sentencing hearing. He's in there. That's what he's in there for. Like he's not in there for being a, a you know an, un, an unpleasant chap or you know a victim or whatever. He's just that's what he's in for. It's simple as that. And they returned to it today again. Um, they started with it actually. Yeah. So what the, what the Brendan Grehan is saying to him is, you know, you're not you're in there for a crime, a, like a serious crime, and that 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 crime is something that you've admitted to, and. But Jonathan Dowdle doesn't seem to accept that in one way, does he? Well, what happened was, and again, Graham, like if you were playing a bloody match against this guy or you were playing tennis against him, those rounds would go on forever and ever and ever until eventually somebody would get worn out. Yeah. That's what it's like. It's like everyone has the energy to just keep going with this route. It's like a bad divorce or something. Yeah. But he was saying to him like, so do you admit that you had some role in the Regency now? No, I don't. Okay, but you pleaded guilty to facilitating that crime. And they read out, actually, the judge read out the big, long, complicated charge that he pleaded guilty to. And he initially had said, but it said, I only pleaded guilty to unknowingly. Yeah. And But that wasn't in it. It was knowingly was in it. Yeah. And then there was another word that he latched onto, reckless. So it was knowingly or recklessly. So he had initially said that it was his understanding that he had unknowingly, he knew nothing about the reasons, he knew nothing about, he had no idea when he booked that room that it had anything to do with anything. He's sticking to that like glue. And he said that he pleaded guilty, all right, but that he unknowingly, and then he's told, well, actually, you pleaded guilty knowing or recklessly. Oh, recklessly, he says, recklessly. I was reckless, I was reckless. Why were you reckless? What does that mean? Well, that means that I didn't ask questions. When when I was asked to book that room, when I went and asked that and did that, I never asked Patsy what was it for. And nowadays, if I do that, I'd never do that again. But actually, that's not a crime. No, of course it's not a crime. I mean, people get caught up in murders all the time, Um like a, a classic one that people get arrested for is they, 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 you know, guys who are committing murders, they sometimes buy these cars off people, bangers, and they, they buy them legitimately rather than rob them. And then these people get hauled in and said, you sold this car to somebody who went on to use a murder. Now, those people don't get charged. I mean, that's just the way it is. They didn't knowingly, they didn't know anything about the murder. They just sold a car. It's not, it's not, whether it's recklessly sold a car or not, they're not going to get charged. So that's, you know, Jonathan Dowdle is not being, uh, you know, he's not serving, is it two years or four years? Four Four and he's appealing. Yeah, so he's not serving four years in prison for being an Egypt-like. He's serving it because he's judged to have committed a criminal offence, which is not being stupid or reckless. And um, so, like, this is the the sort of the... the, uh, the position, this is some of the quotes. It's a, Mr. Grahan asked him, I'm wondering is what it is you admitted to doing, if that is your position. I'm submitting, I'm admitting to booking a room, says Jonathan Dowdle. And the counsel comes back and says, that's not a crime. And he and Jonathan Dowdle comes back and says, but the room was used as part of a crime, so I'm responsible for booking the room. But that is not the essence of it. I mean, that just isn't like... Um, so... But in a way, you sort of wonder, is he try? is he... Is he making out he doesn't understand it because it suits him? I don't know. Or is he just, is he, you know, it could be any number of reasons. Maybe he didn't understand it. Maybe he, 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 he's decided now to take a stance in court or maybe he just genuinely has, you know, reality happened and now he's 
altering reality. Well, he's a complicated character because, as they pointed out to him back when he was uh, uh, when he was sentenced in relation to his victim that he waterboarded. Yeah. Um, and I get you to tell us a little bit about that now in a second because you're way more up on that than I am. And there's one particular point of that that we've missed so far that we must point out. But um, when he's sentenced for that, he knows his rights and he goes and he takes this Newton hearing, which very few people, the only other person I've ever heard of to take a Newton hearing was Thomas Bomber Kavanagh. And he knows to take it. Now, obviously, he'll get legal advice on it, but he knows that he's not going to admit to anything he didn't do. And so in a way, he's very up on his legal rights and he's very up on... He's been in and out of the court system a little bit. He's insisting in 2016 in the police station, I'm not a criminal, I've done no crime in my life, my life is destroyed. He keeps giving out actually and blaming the fact that his life is destroyed, the raid on the police, blaming it on the media. You know, he's not taking any of the blame. He's sort of a guy, he just tries to help people from the inner city. When he's talking about issues like this, that are political really, you know, he's back to the politician. He's very confident very articulate and very well able to understand. But when they're asking him something quite simple yeah. that he doesn't want to understand. He doesn't understand it. Yeah, I mean, look, that, that, so that's the way it is. Look, I, I, somebody thought I was being too easy on Jonathan Dowdle today on Twitter. <laughs> but, you know, he is standing there in court and being cross-examined on, his, on, his, on what, he, what he is saying. And he's putting it all out there. You know, you can accept it as a, as a member of the public. You can think that doesn't sound credible to me. The judges will make a totally, will assess things probably on a different sort of criteria that they do. That is what he's saying. But and I mean, he's repeatedly saying how difficult it is for him. And he's really, you know, finding it hard that he has been described as a liar, that he's, he's constantly kicking it back to Grehan and saying, everything you say, you're trying to drag up everything about me, even things that aren't true. You're trying to destroy my character completely here. I'm not a liar. I'm telling the truth. I'm sitting here. I don't need to be here. I'm here and I'm giving my truth. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's a, it's a you know, it's a very uh, modern type of thing where this is my truth and there, there's not necessarily, is there an objective truth? But he, he, he just thinks this is my truth, I suppose. And look, it's, 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 it's incredible to watch him understand in a way because it's just it's just not the way most witnesses are. I think is it? It's I've never seen a witness like it because when you talk about these wins that maybe Graham is having or these wins that Dowdall is happen, have, having, most of them are Graham's and most of them are related to the fact that Jonathan Dowdall has persistently lied. Yeah, he's lied. And he's lied and he's lied again. And he's been caught out all the time. And while he puts up a fight about the reasons why he lied and everything else, he lied. He's told a phenomenal amount of lies. Yeah, I mean, we all, look, everybody tells lies under certain circumstances. I suppose the difference is you're comparing when he's arrested under caution, being interviewed by Gardaí in a police station with a lawyer there. Like, that is a certain level of truth. You know what I mean? And like you are meant to tell the truth. I mean, that's clearly the that's clearly set out. You know, um, Graham made a point that in 2016. So he's claimed all along he's terrified of the Hutches. He's terrified of Patsy. He's terrified of Jerry. He can't do anything against them. They have him under the cosh. You know, they're on top of him. They're coming over the walls of his house when he gets bail, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So in 2016, his van is in Patsy's name. 
Yeah. Sorry, Patsy's, the van Patsy's driving is in the name of his company. Yeah. Some tricky thing they were doing, obviously, for tax purposes or whatever it was, yeah. which seems so small now, given yeah. the, the bigger story here. But um, he has told us that Patsy came to him and told him to tell the police that the van was his and that he had it. Yeah. And he's all worried about this. And he does discuss that in the, t- in the tapes and the transcripts of the tapes that were read out, the tapes from the 7th of, of uh, March that were recorded in the Jeep. But in May of 2016, and at this point he's under a gym form, he's terrified, he says he's terrified of the Kinnahans, of the Hutches, and, you know, he's in this really bad place. He's been told by by Patsy to take responsibility for the van. And he gives the cops a statement yeah. to say that Patsy has the van and he has it up in Buckingham Village. Yeah. So, again, that is something that isn't just fitting the narrative. Now, maybe it's a small thing, but he yes. gives that statement. He comes across confident in the police station. He doesn't come across terrified. He speaks away about the Hutches. He talks about Jared, Jared as he calls him, and being a quiet guy. You know, he's he comes in and out of the boxing club maybe twice a year. He doesn't see him much. He obviously goes drinking with Patsy and is much friendlier with him. So he's actually, it's not as if he's saying nothing. He's chatting away about them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, he's saying he's, you know, is 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 his reason very, very clearly defined for not just when he's arrested at that point, just telling the guards the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and and this persists, right? He, he says right up until uh, up until this year, the reason for not is because his life is un, under threat, which is not inconceivable, but it does sort of strike odd that he that he 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 still is willing to give a formal comment on mm. Patsy's van even though you know he's he's claiming that he was in fear of his life and any any talk of of the hutches could 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 put him in mortal danger you know but just and he, by the way he mentions Mary Lou Mary Lou is mentioned during the 2016 interview and he g- gave another commentary yeah. to Justice Tara Burns that he didn't think it was fair yeah that these people's names are being brought into it all the time and the media and yeah, she said she can't direct. She's no jurisdiction over the media. She can't direct what they yeah. write or don't write. But she was actually quite pleasant to him, I thought, because I would have got really cross with <laughs> him about that—that that constant going back to trying to keep the name of Sinn Fein and Mary Lou clean. And it all is a little bit strange in the middle of what's going on. Yeah. Anyway, go back to what I was asking you about because this kidnap from that, of course, during these raids in the March of 2016. They didn't find the weapons that they believed they were going to find, but they did find a USB key. And on it was a video of a torture in the garage against a victim. Just a little bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, ultimately, Jonathan Dowdle and his dad would plead guilty to falsely imprisoning Alexander Herney and by detaining him without his consent, they both admitted to threatening to kill to kill him. I mean, what happened was particularly grim. This is this is in uh, January 2015, the the, the the horrific thing happened, you know? Um, so, like, again, he, you know, Alexander Hurley tells he was greeted, he went, he called in, he was greeted by Patrick Dowdle, he was pushed into the garage, backed into a swivel chair and bound with white cable ties around his chest and legs and told he was a lying bastard from the, from the sewer. Patrick Dowdle, who's also serving time now for the regions uh, in connection with the regions he said if you want to get out alive here you better tell Jonathan what he wants at this point Jonathan Dowdle is wearing a balaclava and um, Alexander Hurley said he was in shock there was no point screaming as the garage was soundproof 
Um, he heard someone saying they would feed him to the dogs, chop him up, place him in cellophane bags and store him in the boot of the BMW if he didn't tell the truth. Um, you know, then they a, a, a girl was there with a bucket of water. Jonathan Dowdle placed the towel over his head and poured a full bucket of water over him. Um, he couldn't breathe, he says, and he heard Jonathan Dowdle telling him, one more twist and you're dead. Um, he was told to be fed to the Dobermans, chopped up, bought up to Tyrone, which of course yeah. ultimately would feature in the Regency again, and he'd be buried in the mountains. Um, Jonathan Dowdle, or he was told Alexander Hurley that he was a stupid, dumb fuck to mess with the head of the IRA and that Jonathan Dowdle was a friend of Jerry Adams and Mary Lou MacDonald. So, I mean, it's... And she gets a name check again and you get to use some bad language, but... Um, <laughs> yes, sorry. I know you like a bit of that. No, but the reason actually, because we were going back to have a look at that again there today, I was sitting beside Sean Murray and he pulled up a story, yeah. which was basically, we were looking for the date of when he was arrested for that or whatever, charged for it. And in it was... So on the video that they got, they seized, they have a a sawn-off shotgun and a forty-four caliber revolver. Yeah. And when they were initially charged, the father and son, they were charged with these firearms offences or having guns. That was obviously dropped because I imagine because it was only on video and they didn't have the yeah, actual like, guns. I mean, like, you know what? There's the obvious thing um, where you can say he was, uh, yeah, he was initially charged with, with firearms with intent to falsely imprison another man. He was charged with possession of a sawn-off shotgun, a forty-four caliber Magnum handgun, um, with intent to injure Alex Hurley. Um, like, obviously, these guns are in, 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 in photographed. It's not illegal to have replica guns or plastic guns or Is whatever. Is it not? Well, I, it's, it, you know, it's illegal to have them modified or whatever, but you can have a... Ha a child can have a, a toy pistol. If you're using it to threaten somebody, no way. Oh, 100%, you can't. It's it's illegal. But obviously, without catching somebody red-handed, yeah. it's like it's like somebody being prosecuted, pictured with a, a, load of, a load of drugs or whatever. It doesn't automatically result in a prosecution. You have to kind of catch the, find the actual weapon. Of course, you know? but one way or another, they were carrying out this horrendous attack on this man and that those guns were in were able to be identified from the video. Now, when you put that, that was January 2015. Yeah. So when you put that with his involvement or his sort of talking in the the bomb making, the weapons, the return Look, of the AK-47s. It's all, yeah, and, but then... But it's what all, sort of a witness is this? Well, you know, and I mean, exactly. I mean, it's... it's. What sort of a witness has the state called well, to give evidence? Look, if, if I'm to give the opposite point of view, you could say he's, this, he, you know, that he... You know, anybody who's... Um, nearly anybody who ends up in the witness protection programme... By, the, by virtue of the fact that they know these people involved in gangland crime, they may be compromised. It doesn't mean they're not telling the truth. Um, you know, that, that you know, we as, as, as members of the public, we want people to come forward. You know, Jonathan Dowdle has said he's been called Jonathan Dowdle the rat, is it? That's what he's known as. Oh, but he says he's not a rat. Yeah, well, look, I mean, like, and like from our, from a perspective of, of a law-abiding citizen or whatever, you want people to come forward. They're not. They're not rats. They're they're helping solve crimes. I mean, that's not a dishonourable thing. It is a dishonourable thing in the in the criminal underworld. You might say it's not a dishonourable thing in 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 the eyes of the state. It's a it's a thing that's to be encouraged. That's the opposite point of view. But like you know, you have to when you when you when you sit down. And, and as he's asked again and again and again in that courtroom, 
Why did he only want to do the honourable thing and tell the truth after he was charged with murder? And as he starts to tell that, and you can see from the timeline, the murder charge is dropped by the state, a null prosecutor is entered, and he gets he pleads guilty to something he now says he didn't do. And he gets four years. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't even know if it's the, it's the logic of how he explains himself. I mean, I always know in, 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 in American courts when they have the mafiosa guys who become, uh, you know, become state witnesses, they have to, I think, in many cases, they have to, at first they go into court and they just admit all the things that they did. Mm. They get it all out of the way and they're not allowed to equivocate on it or whatever. Um, at least that happens in some trials. I'm not going to say I know it for all trials. But that's not really happening with Jonathan Dowdle, is No, because it? the opposite is happening. He's coming in and he's saying, I am not involved in organised crime. I never was. I was only doing these things that I was doing, the likes of the weapons, etc., because I was a good Samaritan and I thought innocent people were going to be killed. I'd never have done it if I even thought for a second the Hutches were part of an organised yeah. crime group. Even, I never realised that. No, and even the, the waterboarding is explained, you know, as it's like... It's, Somebody it's, was doing him bad. And he, and he actually, you can see him rise up a bit when the waterboarding is brought in as if, like, why, how dare you bring this in, you know? Um, and he's all, like, uh, there was one point yesterday where John, uh, Brendan Graham sort of said to him, well, you are a criminal. And he could see he was actually, yeah. he looked like he was taken aback. As if exactly the same when every time he's called a liar. Yeah. If you want to rile him up, you know, if you're Brendan Graham and you want to rile him up, you accuse him of lying. And he just goes off on one. Yeah. So, like, he actually looks shocked. Yeah. That somebody could think that, but then, you know, so... He's I mean, living on a different, slightly different planet, is he? Well, I mean, it's very... Look, <clears throat> I wouldn't like to be on the witness stand for five days on anything and, and you know, the pressure that people are under there and, and obviously the eyes of the nation are on him now. You know, there's no doubt about it, so I don't know. Uh, I'm not... Uh, I'm given the, the perspective of... And we do need that. Don't be so sensitive to what no, one no, person no, said no, about no, it on no, Twitter, not, for no, goodness sake. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> no, no, well, yeah, I'd have to. No, you are, down. like, that's ridiculous. Okay, okay. well, look, yeah, but that, that is the case. Like that we is, have to be balanced here. Yeah. We aren't here for me to have a rant and <laughs> unchallenged. No, no. I mean, that's exactly I'm, why I'm, you're here. My, my role is the sensible one. Your role is to censor me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like good cop, bad cop, yeah. is it? Definitely, yeah. I'm definitely the good cop, by yeah. the way, if, that's, if that was in doubt. I'm okay with being the bad cop. It doesn't bother me at all. But anyway, they are my observations for today and another sort of a long day. But um, yeah, he's going to be there, I'd say, till Wednesday. Yeah. And um, and then, I mean, is there, is is that's broken then. Is there, there is more evidence to come back after him, is there? Well, I presume that they will have to take evidence of They've shown the tapes of when he was originally arrested in 2016 when he has no story to tell, yeah. he knew nothing. I presume they're going to have to do the same with when he's... Well, of course he wasn't arrested, but... Do they have videos of when he was... I don't know. I mean, we haven't heard details of Jerry's arrest either, Jerry Hutch's arrest in, in Spain. No, very true. We'd have to hear all that, you know, and there's, said. And which often does become an issue in terms of warrants. Is there... Sometimes that can be... be brought up by the defence. And there's two other guys there we keep forgetting. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So they, I mean, there was, some of their interviews were played earlier, but there's there's other bits of that to go as well, so. Yeah, there'd be, definitely, look, he has been the, he has been the, you know, all eyes on him and. Yeah, and then you will have then closing statements from the prosecution, from the defence, and then normally, obviously, in a normal trial, um, 
your talk once the once all the closing speeches are finishes, the judges will do a summation. They might make a ruling on a couple of bits of things. You know, often yeah. often there's 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 issues, legal issues to be ruled on then, and then that normally takes another day or two. And then normally you'd go to a jury and they have really four days. If they can't come to a decision in four days, it gets struck out. But that's not going to be the case in this case. Mm. They'll 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 go away. You know, I don't know, you know, how long is a piece of string, but it'd be weeks rather than days for sure. I suppose the most thing, important thing now for Dowdall is whether he gets finished by Christmas because Christmas is Wednesday in the courts. Yeah. So um, next Wednesday, I mean. So that means that if he doesn't, does he have to come back after Christmas in general? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he has to come back if he's called. I mean, there's no, there is no, no doubt about it. And he's obviously is reading the papers. Uh, Currently? Yeah. I don't know about that, is he? Well, I don't know, but he does speak about what's in the media. Oh, he's non-stop about the media. He has this absolute hatred of the media. Yeah. I mean, the media are why what has him in the position he's in. The media were naming people and they were getting murdered. Do you know that usual kind of like, yeah. sort of, ugh, look, I mean, of you've you heard can. it, I've heard it so many yeah. times. It's like as if somebody is involved in organized crime, but there's no blame on them. Yeah. Absolutely whatsoever no blame on them. It's the fact that either they're arrested, something goes wrong, and the media report it. It's all the media's fault. Yeah. And that's his. Yeah. That's his another of his narratives. So he could he could well be getting news, newspapers in prison. I mean they do True. The Sunday world does sell quite well in Mount Joy, you know. I know it does, yeah. I know. I know. Sure look, they're great, all our readers. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, good cop there now, Nicola. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Sure. But look, anyway, so for the moment, that'll do us. Um, I'm sure there's loads more there, but anybody who wants to, you know, even get more of this and probably more of the actual proper quotes, etc., they should just go to the... Go to sundayworld.com. Or, yeah, yeah, go to sundayworld.com. We use uh, Andrew Phelan or Alison O'Riordan's copy. Yeah, there's two, there's a load of... Good, great record report. And Owen Reynolds is in there as well. Yeah. So and actually, they're breaking it up because it's so vast. Yeah. So they're really giving us every little word that there is. Yeah, I mean, you have to, when you sit in that court and you watch them work, you have to yeah. have an admiration for them. Absolutely. Right, well, look, let's go get coffee. Yes. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. <laughs>